0: Welcome to JR Art Loud, the podcast of Jewish Renaissance magazine. I'm Judy Herman, and I'm with actor Robert Newmark-Jones. We're going to talk about a new play called One Jewish Boy, and it's by playwright Stephen Lawton. And actually, you are playing the one Jewish boy, Jesse, which is a good Jewish name.
1: Yes, I believe it's a derivation of uh, Jesus. It's got the same root I've looked it up. I think it means, like, gift.
0: Actually, that's such a really beautiful thing to say because this play is not about let's all get together in one great big melting pot Mm. and it's all going to go well because Jesse was the root of of Jesus. It's not about that at all, is it? Um, This is a play about paranoia of all sorts, Mm. hatred of the other, worry about the other... um, sort of starting with anti-Semitism and finishing with Brexit. Yeah. And there's only two characters. There's you and there's Alex. That's right. Uh, now, Alex is your partner. Uh, but interestingly, now, her background, I think Stephen thought that one through very carefully. So you explain the backgrounds of, well, both your backgrounds.
1: Both the characters. So um, Jesse is a self-described nice North London Jewish boy. Um, he's a diaspora Jew. Brought up with both mother and father Jewish, and then Alex is, she describes herself as Jamaican Irish Catholic, so um, I believe mother white, father black, and there's obviously there's some sort of grey area in the play, and there's resistance to talking about those things and. And it kind of presents itself as the, that they should be natural allies in a way because they both have experienced pushback from society and judgment from in one way appearing white and in another way not being white and the conflict between that. So like you say, unfortunately, it isn't about coming together and world peace. I think it wishes it could be, mm. but things get in the way.
0: What's interesting is he's—I think—Stevens loaded the Dyson in an interesting way, hasn't he, by making her all the things that you just mentioned and more, and mm. and so you know, as you say, he covered just about everything. I mean, unless she was Palestinian as well, somewhere along the way, that's about all he's left out, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
1: I should say so. Yes, he's a very ambitious writer, and he manages to capture so many things within just a few bits. And interestingly enough, the, the hardest stuff to capture is the. The actual emotional through line of their relationship which somehow is even more complex than the than the political issues and the anti-semitism and the racism and the, oh, all of all of that which is again fascinating and complex and meaty and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a challenge to some audiences but I think it's also going to be eye-opening for a lot of people you know it, it explores perhaps some conversations and some nuance that we don't often get a lot out there
0: if you were going to guide people into this play and its story, how would you do that?
1: Well, I would say that it's about a couple of young people who meet at first when they're very young and they don't remember it later on. And we see them as quite sweet people who have Im- immediate chemistry. And what happens is, told out of chronology, we explore their relationship, the way it builds the way it's nurtured, the good parts, the bad parts. And then this terrible incident happens to Jesse and he is hospitalized. And we see the way that this feeds into a growing sense of paranoia and pushes him apart from his his family, from his child, uh, breaks up his marriage. and And we see a moment where... Perhaps it could be saved and perhaps it won't be saved. And I don't think the play really tries to give answers to all these hard questions, but I think it's asking them in a way that will leave people thinking about them for a long time.
0: What's interesting is the structure of the play, which we really must nail straight away. It starts in their present. I think anyone in the opening scene will find out very quickly that things aren't going well. And then we find out gradually why. Uh, it, but it dodges around a bit doesn't it I don't think it goes straight yeah. back it dodges yeah.
1: doesn't it yeah no that's right yeah it, it, it's told out of order chronologically it bounces around between in the main part six years but there is also uh, one scene which I don't want to give away too much which is when they're very young and it's just a chance to see them at a more pure and optimistic moment hmm. before the weight of the world and experience and trauma starts to weigh too heavily on them
0: Yeah, and and how long have they been together it's very it's not it's been a very long term relationship isn't it?
1: so it's an interesting one it's um they kind of have this on off thing and then after they you know make it official, so to speak, it's very whirlwind sort of four or five years between getting together, getting married, having a baby, and, and then the you know dissolution and eventual sort of it's very tragic sort of you wish something could be fixed and it's not.
0: If anyone can see both our faces, we're both looking mm. really sad and rueful, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. There's there's a there's a, a sense in which you really do root for them. When they when they have their connection together, it's infectious and it's magical, and you you want everything to go well for them because they're lovable people. But they are. I mean, I, the, I can't speak so much for her, but for Jesse, he's he's driven by a fear, and the fear pulls him pushes him further further away from Alex, and she. She keeps reaching across this divide, but the divide eventually becomes so far that there is no reaching across it. Mm. Um, and part of that is justified. You know, part of what he goes through, and it, quite a violent scene in the play, mm. really causes him a lot of trauma. And it's that undealt-with trauma um, that he thinks he's dealing with, but he's actually becoming more radicalised and and more isolated and fearful in dealing with it.
0: So he... He, as the Jew, mm. as the only Jew in the village in this one, he—it's <laughs> he, as if we Jews have got more right to that paranoia and and fear of the other than anybody else because we've been under the microscope and the object of the hatred for much longer. Mm. So that's that's a recurring theme, mm. and that that is hard for her to cope with. And of course, she has, you know, because she's mixed race, she will have come up against an awful lot of racism as well. So. You know that the fear of the other is both in them, mm-hmm. or particularly in him, really, mm-hmm. but also directed at them. So yeah. it is—it's, as I say, it's toxicity, and that's why I think. Would you agree that the reason it has to go back is because you have to see it before things got so toxic in the world? That's
1: right. Yeah, it pitches itself at various points through m- in modern history. You know, events in in Paris and uh, and th- those those wave of attacks in Europe and that feeding into the own trauma he's gone through um, and then him diving deeper into inherited trauma and the generations. And, and you know, there's this line that, that came to me the other day when I was listening to a song, which I thought was completely apt, which was, you know, just because they're paranoid don't mean they're not after you.
0: Oh, yes, yes. And,
1: <laughs> and he feels that more and more and more.
0: Yeah, and he's also got that thing about... You know, we choose we tend to be apologists, don't we? Mm-hmm. So, particularly for Israel, he would feel that way. He's constantly trying to say, you know, just because I'm Jewish, it doesn't mean that I support all that Israel does. He, I mean, yeah. I can't remember the exact line, you would. But yeah. that's a real trauma for him.
1: Yes. Well, I don't think I remember the exact line yet. It's mm-hmm. only the yeah. first week <laughs> for us. Well, okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, but of course, yeah, it's uh, absolutely, yeah. he does, you know, he comes up with this nickname, Netanyahu, mm. um, in this moment of vitriol, because he, he sees... An, uh, you Netanyahu, know, we should say. For Netanyahu. Yeah right, for those who don't get it. Um, <laughs> I don't know who those might be. Um, yeah, this swear word for Netanyahu, because it's just so frustrated, and I'm sure you felt it, I know I felt it, of people conflating being Jewish and being Israeli and being Jewish and being responsible for Israeli foreign policy. And people saying things, com- comparing the is the state of Israel with Nazi Germany. You know all these horrible, very misguided, sometimes racist and sometimes just uneducated things that people say. And it's a it's a burden that all of the diaspora Jews as he is as we are, carry because it's such a it should be such a good thing in the world. And it's more and more it's pushed further and further right wing and further and further into this just unfixable mess and if you thought about it for every second of every moment it would destroy you and I think a lot of us just we can't and we don't and we get on with our life but for Jesse it's not that simple
0: yes I mean you know it's that thing where every day during this whole business with labour and the anti-Semitism yeah. there's been that they we should have kept our heads down feeling but mm. we also know that if you keep your head down that doesn't work either if you look at historically. that's <laughs> right yeah
1: exactly I mean in, in part of the research for the play I've been looking into sort of mm. the incidents and you know now there's the Met police investigation and, and stuff so and looking into you know hundreds and hundreds of incidents and graveyards being desecrated and, and I've been online and I've seen all of the things mm. that people write and it's
0: well, you've done that have oh, you because yeah. I just don't dare do that
1: well, I normally wouldn't yeah. you know but um, it's part of the work that you need to do to understand. Mm. And I think Jesse himself would be spending time on these forums and seeing what Mm. people write, you know, seeing the the horrible hate-filled rhetoric out there Mm. that's so dehumanising and and othering. And and I think that is what pushes him more towards going the other way and Mm. feeling that everyone is out to get him rather than just that there are bad apples out there.
0: Well, I mean, yes, you can see how that would happen, and uh, hopefully, you, I mean, it must be really hard for you to do that. Mm.
1: I was reading up about Malmo, where there's a very small population of Jews very much up against it, mm. um, increasingly by unintegrated Muslim communities, sometimes when they're outnumbered 10 to 1, and people who are very not educated on the plight of this small community and the, the amount of hatred that they feel. I think a lot of the time, especially in London, it does happen, but... We don't experience it as much on a on a front line basis.
0: No, because yeah, you know, I I don't know. I don't even think we are in a bubble. I wouldn't say that. I think you're right. Mm. It's because they're so small. in but I've been to Marmo mm. at midsummer, the loveliest place really? on earth. But you know, there is that. There's that. But you don't. You won't see it if you walk around and just watch the dads pushing their prams. And no, and so
1: exactly. You
0: just won't notice. You just think you're in paradise. But paradise has its dark side too. It does, yeah. So as well. Well,
1: did you ever watch that um, video? There was a video of um, it's this man, he wears Jewish dress, and it's 10 hours of walking as a Jew in Paris. Uh, and they, they, you know, they speed through it all, mm. so it's covered in sort of two minutes. Mm. But just the amount of passive and sometimes quite active vitriol mm. directed towards him just for being a person walking around mm. but having cultural identifiers...
0: No, I haven't, but I can imagine it, and that's part of your research as well. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah. You know. Tell me about Alex. A bit more about Alex, and also about um, the lovely woman portraying Alex.
1: Oh yes. Okay. Yes. Um, well, she's amazing. I mean, we we hit it off uh, instantly in the um, in the uh, in the audition. Um, Asha Asha Reed is her name. Mm. She also hosts an amazing podcast where they talk about mental health. Mm. Fantastic um, actor.
0: Better name that, then. <laughs>
1: um, I think it's called Just Snap Out of It. Very Little good plug title. for yes. something that's not even mine. Yeah,
0: but I think we <laughs> should. Yes.
1: No, absolutely. And she's doing she's doing good work out yeah. there. Um, and then, and her character is is um, comes from a different world from Jessie, and is she's much more of a, a pragmatist and a realist, and you know accepts and has gone through her own share of discrimination in the world and difficulties, and you know, is is more focused on, well, trying to actually build a lasting life and a secure home. And it, these are the things that obsess him too, but he can't let anything go. Mm. And I think at one point she says, I, I didn't say anything because I never say anything. And oh boy, that's the opposite of Jesse. He just mm. can't not say something. And it, it's uh it's trying to be around it's tiresome, and she gets pregnant, and he still is like this, and you know he rants and raves about intersectionalism and brexit and Zionism and oh, it, if you've ever been around people like that, it mm. is tiring.
0: yes, we tend not to use the b word at home <laughs> <laughs> so when did Stephen start writing it? Do you know because you know it, it some of it's prescient, and some of it's just bang on message but it is about now, which is just sad to say it is.
1: Yeah, as I understand it, the, the ideas started to percolate um, a couple of years ago, but then, uh, and it's been through countless drafts, because mm-hmm. uh, he's got a publishing deadline, I think, on Thursday. So, mm-hmm. And he's still, you know, it's such a weighty script, he wants to get it exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so all of that, but I think, has been quite a busy period of about six months where he actually came up with something that he could then audition with mm-hmm. and... Um, start casting and stuff like that. It's
0: so it sounds like it must have been the whole Brexit and Trump thing. I've said it. I actually, <coughs> <dared> <coughs> there to we say. Go, B word. Yeah, <laughs> I have said it. But it, it. If you think it's a couple of years, I mean, I, I suddenly realise we have been going through this for a couple of years
1: That's now. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Twenty sixteen yeah. is the the seismic shift, I suppose yeah. you could say, at least in in the UK and the USA. But then you mm. feel the the, re- the wave of the far right across Europe, mm. and yeah. it, it really kind of was starting around then.
0: Um, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm saying. And I think if you started it then, I could see why it would go through countless stars because so many other things, so many things have happened, but are not good particularly. Yeah, Yeah. there's so
1: many terrible things Mm. that you could... uh, And, you know, there, there there are so many good things as well. I was listening to this fascinating thing about this woman who's created an alphabet in Israel and it's called, I think it's called Aravit and she found out this amazing thing that, like, um, like the Latin script, the Hebrew script, you only need to see one half of it to actually identify the characters. And the Arabic script, you only need to see the other half. Mm. And so she's combined these characters to create this new language, because in Israel, obviously, there's all the signs mm-hmm. in, in both languages. And you know, so there are all these, these positive oh. stories out there as well, and we mustn't forget about those.
0: Yeah, which, which Jesse does. He, yes, does forget, I mean. he does forget on me. He does forget. I mean, I've spent the last n years as a journalist uh, trying to report on coexistence projects in Israel, mm. either in print or on the radio, and with some success. But, um, yeah. you know, you s- they I'm sure they all feel very embattled.
1: Yes, you know. I think so, yeah.
0: definitely. So, um, what I did also want to talk about is that, that we haven't exactly said the play takes place on more than one continent as well. I mean, it doesn't move just about around about in time. And I think it's America, um, the UK, London, I think, and um, and also Paris, I know I'm probably somewhere else I And uh, Ibiza as oh, well. Oh, Ibiza, of a course, moment. Ibiza. Yes, it's a big <laughs> Ibiza moment. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, there's also there's a bit of a soundtrack. I mean, it often says what music is playing in the background, which also helps to nail a time and a mood yes very much yes Mm -hmm.
1: you can see that's really important Stephen's thought about a lot because we've had a a few chops and changes for like is this the right song no Mm -hmm. it's this song and some of the moments chosen are very beautiful and the music is really really integral to that but I think a lot of the production is going to be quite stripped down from stuff like that and Mm -hmm. perhaps it will be quite ambitious in the way that it's presented visually I mean I'm I'm not so much to do with that side of things but I think it ties into what you were saying there
0: Jesse comes up with quite memorable but yes paranoia inducing statements like he talks about the four pillars of I think it's four pillars of anti-Semitism and what is it loyalty mm-hmm. Should, can you I not I'll it but there are lots of things in it that you know sort of take things perhaps one step further than I've ever thought thank, thank goodness I think but you know I'm, I'm, there's a some marvellous, you know, ev- when you circumcise a child, there's always... Now, you know, it, when I had my son, it was a given. Right. You know, just did, did. Prince Charles was circumcised, you know. Right, right. My dad was a doctor, and that's what he always said. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, I, I, I was quite surprised when it had... It sort of needed to be discussed more when it was my grandson. And mm. uh, it's fine. I mean, I don't think my son was ever not going to. Mm. But we did just talk it through yeah. in a way that we probably wouldn't have done. Back then, and it gets talked mo- a lot more than just talked through here, doesn't
1: it? It does, yeah. It comes up in the play a few times. It's clearly something Jesse is preoccupied by, and I think it, it's one of the things he's torn by, not to make a horrible joke. Um, <laughs> no, it's horrible <laughs> <joking>. <laughs> uh, Although he does joke about it a few times, yeah, but you know,
0: listening will be ooh. <laughs> shock. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I know better than most. I was circumcised twice myself.
0: Right, so good they did it twice. No. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? Well, the first time, apparently, it didn't take, you know. Mm. Um. <laughs> to go
1: back. Right, A lot okay. of raw material. I'm sorry.
0: I like um, raw material yeah. as well, that's a worrying <laughs> pun. <laughs> <laughs> this is our comedy podcast about <laughs> circumcision.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think he's torn because, you know, he uses he uses the word butcher at some point to refer to it being done to him, but then he also questions Alex's repulsion at the act and says Mm. but that might that's ingrained anti-semitism in her that that she's against it because it's well what's wrong with it it's not like you remember it when you're a boy but you're right now it it is now a discussion it is like well why are why are we doing it and uh, the way i understand it in in america actually took off as a way to avoid onanism to Mm. to Mm. to stem um libido Mm. Um, I don't it's think it's
0: last work.
1: I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't think anything. I mean, you'd
0: know more about that than I would, but I've, I would say, you know, speaking from the woman's point of view, I've not noticed that. No, me, very
1: well. Yes, no, my side of the fence might agree as well. Mm. Yes, no, right. I know. It's an interesting thing.
0: Okay. And then he goes on something that I really noticed, um, and so I think this is a very clever idea, and w- again, worrying. Everything uh, That word keeps coming into my mind. Yeah. Um, idea of, of Stevens about. Um, Jesse talks about he's the four pillars of anti-Semitism, yeah. and they are loyalty, oppression, control, and blood libel, which it's again it's a loaded way of referring to it because obviously we know there are five pillars of, of, of Islam. That's right. But but that you know it, there's a lot of that sort of thing, isn't there? There is, yeah.
1: A lot of um, a lot of um, t- feelings of persecution and oppression, and and uh, and some of it is really. You know, rooted in some some deep research that Stephen must have done. I mean, I don't know if you've read the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. I would
0: hate to read them. Uh, no. I, I'm Again. sure I should have, they terrify me. It's very
1: really awesome. it's really scary to read, and it's one of the things I had to read in, in doing mm. this. And it's still being passed around t- today. You know, they have they have yearly uh, conferences on um, on whether or not the Holocaust happened, held every year, sponsored in Iran and stuff like that. It's <sighs> There's so much to say. I think a lot of a lot of what Jesse is saying comes from a truth that is very unpalatable, and that's what makes him a difficult character. But it's very clever and nuanced at the same time. So you have to listen to it, and and sometimes you have to witness it as well. And that's gonna it's gonna be hard, but I, but that's probably what makes it worthwhile, don't you think?
0: I do. Yes. What so? What do you think Stephen wants? people to get from it to take away from it is that something he wants people to do or think differently
1: that's a really good question um obviously i can only offer my interpretation and Stephen will i'm sure be much more eloquent um with that i think i think okay if i may be so bold we were talking since 2016 about polarization and i think part of that polarization is an ability right now to Really look at things as black and white and really otherize the enemy and really take a hard position in my team believes all of this stuff and your team believes everything that is against us. And we can't come together. There is no grey. And I think Stephen's trying to say that we, when you lose the nuance between these positions, you end up paranoid, isolated, afraid and dangerous. And that's that's a dangerous, that's a horrible thing to do. And on an invid- in, on an individual level, it destroys Jesse. It destroys his relationships. It's, it takes away his family. But on a geopolitical level, it's it's you know creating wars and and hatred in a uh, irresponsible way.
0: As on a personal level, I think motorbikes. Are my pet hate one just went by, so. <laughs> Give us listeners for that one we probably ought to just give a warning um you mentioned the f word um it's it's one of jess's favorites isn't it
1: yes he's not he's not shy mm. of uh, of speaking his mind quite colorfully yeah. um he, he can be vulgar at times sometimes on purpose sometimes just through being overly passionate um so the language is is quite strong at certain yeah. times in the play especially as he internalises some of the hatred that's been directed towards him and he starts negatively labelling himself sometimes in quite extreme ways. Mm. It's definitely there.
0: And we're going to hear an extract from the play now. One of Jess's, almost like a rant, isn't it?
1: Yeah, he's got a few of these. I think this one captures some of his paranoia, but also perhaps some of his humour and his way of talking.
0: We're going to have to leave out the other bit of where he talks, which is using the F Well, don't
1: worry, I shall edit on the fly. Very good. (laughs) So, Alex says, she says, "Well, you could go to Israel," as a joke. He says, "I'm not going to Israel." Okay. Apparently, you love it. Apparently, but Likud, and it's really hot. Plus, I die. And if I didn't actually die, my mum would be so worried that I could potentially die at the hands of some crazed militant Hamas toddler in a tunnel with a flame-throwing teddy, or just scorpions, actually. Uh, Not terrorist scorpions, that's not a thing. Just actual insect scorpions. Are they insects? (laughs) You know, scorpion scorpions, little scorpions with clings and stings and claws, and you know them them, so so actually, I think probably the it would just all end with me plunging to my death from Mount Sinai, which is in Egypt, so getting my body back would be an absolute nightmare.
0: It's very dark, isn't it, but I'm falling about laughing just the same <laughs> <laughs> right what well, we haven't we haven't really spoken about you, your Jewish background, and mm. you are. A Jesse of all trades as well, aren't you? I think yeah.
1: so, yeah. yeah. I think that's fair to say. Um, Robert of all trades. A Robert of all yeah. trades, why not? Um, which uh, which means bright and famous if we're talking about name meanings. Not oh. that I'm either. Yeah. Um, but oh. yes. Oh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well. You're very good at this, aren't you? Anomalous <laughs> <Yes. Inomitive laughs> of determinism. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I love me some etymology. Mm. Um, yes, I, well, brought up Jewish. My father was uh, actually Irish, Welsh, Catholic, but... We were brought up in the faith, it, it was decided that a religious education was important. Um, so I was brought up, me and my two brothers, uh, fully Jewish, um, and my father actually passed when I was eight years old. Oh. So my mum, how the hell she did it, but oh. she brought the three of us up and gave us all bar mitzvahs
0: mm.
1: and, um, and all the rest of it, I mean amazing, a testament to her will and strength. It's quite an astonishing thing. Um, and her her family, is it's half East End Jews, you know, born within the sound of bow bells on the mum's side. And then on the dad's side, um, he was uh, from Nuremberg mm-hmm. and uh, escaped Germany in, just after Hitler got, got mm-hmm. to power because he went to a rally and he saw the Siegheilz and he heard the words and he was like, we have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. So him and his brother, his brother went to New York, he went to London and some of the family never got out. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, when he got here, he was interned as an enemy mm. combatant because he was german technically so and then had to retrain as a doctor and all of that so and you know Jesse has a similar backstory, so for me that's a really amazing thing to get to say on stage and do on stage um and yeah it's it's a it's kind of a privilege actually in a way to tell that story. You don't hear told that often. Um, so that's kind of my Jewish background. Which um,
0: synagogue were you born at?
1: I was born in the in the New Southgate Synagogue, mm. um, which is not fancy at all. Mm. But it was by Julia Neuberger, who's one of my mm. my mum's friends since she was four. Mm. Um, so little lady. Yes, lovely. So, you know, have some illustriousness. And now West London.
0: Oh, right, yes. yes. Well, that's something we share. Yes, yeah. I mean, I, we used to be members there too. Oh, that, well, that's a really interesting thing to bring to the play, isn't mm. it? And uh, I just also wanted to talked. I did say a Jesse of all trades or Robert of all trades because you were telling me that you're, you do rather more in the performing arts than, than simply acting.
1: Yes, yeah, so I you know, do what I can. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a stand-up. I host a weekly stand-up show. I, pe- I perform stand-up. Perf- well, what's uh, it called? Uh, it's called Famous First Words mm. at the Gunners, although uh, Yid Army, but never mind. Um. <laughs> oh, yes,
0: it's all right. You're talking to an Arsenal supporter who is the daughter of an Arsenal supporter who's married to an Arsenal supporter. and I son- yes, cetera, et cetera. Exactly, yes, Exactly, exactly. So it's all right. Um,
1: yeah, so come down. We're at the Gunners every Monday. Wow,
0: um, well, we're going to have to.
1: Please do. <laughs> Very fun. Um, yeah, so... I I do stand-up and I write stuff. And uh, me and my brother, who he's also he's a wonderful actor. He's filming mm-hmm. something for um, Amazon right now. Um, which I can't say too much about,
0: but good name.
1: But yes, yeah. absolutely. And we're writing a, a few series together, and we're getting we've got we've had a short made, and we're just kind of shifting it around, mm. short film, mm. and hopefully that leads on to other things. And I've written plays and taken it up to Edinburgh before, mm. and you know all different kinds of things.
0: Right, so with Robert Newmark Jones. Yes, we're going to hear more of that name.
1: Well, hopefully. Hopefully, in a good way as well. I uh, don't do something terrible. <laughs> Ruin it all.
0: You won't. You won't. It'll all be good. It'll all be really good.